Well, hello, everybody, and hello, Danielle E. Gaines. How are you? I'm good, Colin. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. How's your phone? Your phone, you lost your phone. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my phone today. It fell out of my pocket while I was walking down Main Street, and some very lovely employees of the Department of Budget and Management picked it up off the ground and took it to their office. And had a lovely conversation with you, right? Because yeah. you called. <laughs> yeah. I was I was taken aback. <laughs> I was like, Danielle, yes. your voice has changed. This is weird. <laughs> I'm going to do something nice for them. It was Christian. Shout out to Christian. Also, I'm going to do something else nice for you. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> I feel like it could have been a conspiracy, some politicians trying to steal a reporter's phone to go through it. I don't know. Don't say that. Okay, <laughs> I take it back. So this is the week. This is uh, this is the week in politics that this is why we do the podcast, because isn't there just so much to talk about? A lot of drama this week, correct? There has been a fair share of drama this week, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, so I think, uh, why don't we start locally? Um, you wrote, okay. you wrote the headline in t- this week's paper, Democrats introduced student member voting bill after delegation nixed it. And this seemed to cause a lot of trouble in Annapolis. You want to take it from there? Sure. So this is the second time that this has happened this session. Um, typically, The Frederick County delegation is operated in a way that local bills are brought to the delegation for a vote. They get voted on. They get introduced. Um, Things get voted up. They get introduced. They get voted down. They do not. This year, there have been a couple of bills where the Republican members of the delegation and the Democratic members of the delegation have not seen eye to eye. So... um, The student member of the school board bill is actually the second time this has happened. It happened earlier in the week with an ethics bill. So um, in both of those cases, the votes at the delegation were five to three with the Republicans on the prevailing side, the Democrats um, on the losing end. And in both cases, the Democrats, um, Senator Ron Young, Delegate Karen Lewis Young and Delegate Carol Krim have decided to introduce the bills independently of the delegation's votes. And I mean, it should be noted in both of those cases that there were already local votes on those measures. So the Board of Education did have a majority that supported the student member of the board bill. And um, the uh, county ethics bill also had a majority of support at the county council and through the county executive. I'm please correct me if I'm wrong on this, because maybe I'm missing something. Is it really that big of a deal to give the student member a vote? Is that really something here that people are genuinely concerned about? Or is this more of a sort of a partisan? No, people are people are absolutely concerned. So um, there's a few things. I mean, uh, for one, you know, the student member of the board would, um, you know, have considerable responsibility and they could be a young person. We, they could be, you know, 16, 17 years old. Yeah. And that's one concern. Um, there's concern about the way that the elections are held within the school system. You might have, you know, a popularity contest or a prank. Um, y- to be fair, everyone recognizes that the recent student members of the board on the Frederick County Board of Education have been 
you know, very talented young people, very well-researched, very well-spoken, um, but it would open the door for somebody who's not as talented as them to potentially join the school board. And then the final concern and really the overarching one is that every other member of the Board of Education is held to account by the voters of Frederick County Uh and a student member of the board would not. Yes, that makes sense. Is there precedent for this elsewhere in this country, perhaps? elsewhere in the state yeah uh, okay <laughs> there are yeah <laughs> well, so there good. are uh 13 other counties that have um some measure of voting rights for the student member of the board and frederick county's proposal was really um moderate it, it you know wouldn't allow the student member to vote in a whole number of areas including when their vote would result in a tie they couldn't vote on redistricting or the school calendar or um you know anything that's judicial or quasi-judicial there were a whole number of things that they wouldn't be allowed to vote on okay uh so i'm i'm i guess when i said state though i mean like do we know are are there other states that have this this member issue like they have a student member in other states do we know about this probably not huh I, I I mean I assume so. I, little known fact, I was like the student member of of Ooh. some boards when I was in in college. So uh-huh. uh, I my only guess is yes. I'm just wondering. I, th- I think it's fairly common. The question is is the voting rights. Yeah. So you always kind of want that student representative on there to be able to weigh in and give you some opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, the question always is to what degree do you allow them to vote, and to what degree does their vote count mm-hmm. when it's made. Huh, boy, I want the fate of this state to be in the hands of a 16-year-old. That's what I want, because they probably know better than anything we already have. This caused a ruckus in the Young family uh, on on the social <laughs> media. Uh, Brad Young and Karen y- Lewis Young kind of exchanged Facebook barbs, I do believe. Yes, so uh, Brad Young, as you know, is the... Uh president of the board of ed and he personally doesn't support voting rights for the student member but he also again you know has great things to say about the student members of the boards who who come and who take part and his main concern is that accountability concern um and he does not support those rights but he does recognize that a majority of the people on his board do and so um he has taken issue with the fact that the um, Democratic members of the delegation haven't respected the vote of the delegation. Mm -hmm. So the vote of the delegation was that the bill wouldn't be introduced. Mm -hmm. And um, he doesn't agree with them kind of going around, I think he called it an end run around the delegation to introduce it themselves. And, And that sparked a Facebook post where he did tag Um, Senator Young, his father, Karen Lewis Young, his uh, stepmom in the post and talked about why he disagreed. And that has set off a very long chain of uh, discussion. That's really I believe it started on Tuesday and it is still continuing today. It's still continuing. Oh, that's so good. Yes, that's so good. Uh, (laughs) It's so interesting to, to read. I'm reading part of the Facebook post that was in the story. I can separate dad from Senator Young. What a sentence. I can separate dad from Senator Young. I, I like that. So this is not going to be a good Valentine's Day for that family. They're not going to exchange Valentines. Um, 
No, I'm sure they are. <laughs> I think that's exactly what that sentence means. I can separate the politics from I the hope so. from the family. I hope so. I hope I hope everybody ends up happy. That's all I want. You don't have political disagreement with your family, Colin. I, I don't have that would make you <laughs> like one in a million. <laughs> I I don't have family. That's where that goes. I I don't have family to disagree with. They all they shunned me years ago. Republicans <laughs> Republicans walked out of the Maryland Senate in protest yesterday after unsuccessfully trying to delay a resolution enabling the attorney general to sue the federal government without the government's permission. I'm sorry about that. That was from the AP story. This was the big headline of the week, was it not? It was. And that also, you know, continued into this morning. Um the issue at hand is whether or not Maryland should allow the attorney general broader power to um, file suit against the federal government. So this has come up for, um, I mean, many would say obvious reasons. Uh, we are a highly democratic state and Donald Trump is the president and many Democrats and actually many people from both parties um, don't agree with some of the executive orders that have been handed down. Those executive orders have been challenged in other states by attorneys general who had the authority to do it, and um, our AG would not have that authority. So the Maryland Constitution says that that authority can be granted to the attorney general through a joint resolution. Mm -hmm. So joint resolutions are different than bills. Joint resolutions just have to be passed by both chambers and then they take effect. Mm -hmm. They don't require the uh, governor's signature and that's kind of one of the chief complaints going on around here right now is that you know a majority of Democrats have something they want to do and they're going to do it and there's no check on them whatsoever mm -hmm. in this particular instance. Um, the governor commented on this. Uh, or at least there was a statement from the governor, and he called it exceptionally disappointing. Uh, where, where do we go from here? I mean, what, how, how does everybody kind of, I don't know, feel better about this? I guess. <laughs> what happens next? Um, well, the Senate yesterday and the Senate today was really, really interesting. So I think you mentioned yesterday, um, you know. Uh, the vast majority of Republican senators walked out of the chambers. Um, they were really upset that a request that they had made to delay the debate um, by a day wasn't honored. Um, and so nine of 14 of them walked out, including Senator Huff from Frederick County. Mm -hmm. And so feelings this morning were probably about as raw as they could be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Republicans just felt like this was being absolutely, you know, rammed through. And um, this, the way that you put, put debate off for a day or for a few hours or whatever is it's called a special order. Mm -hmm. You can special order a bill and, you know, the, the chamber votes on it. It's usually not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Earlier this year, there was um, a Democratic measure where a Democratic senator, a chairwoman of a committee, wanted a bill voted on that day. And other people wanted to sit and read it for a day. Mm -hmm. And the Senate president himself actually stood up and said that special orders are part of courtesy and you should give them when people ask for them. Mm -hmm. And it's early in the General Assembly session. And when it's early, you don't have to push things through so quickly. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. Well, yesterday he was the one opposing the special order. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> um, as were many of his colleagues, they really wanted to get this through. Um, you know, Senator President Miller said he just wanted to get the thing off the floor because it was divisive. Um, that's what really hurt Republicans and caused them to walk out because they felt like there was just absolutely no consideration. There was no need. Um, the Senate president said that none of the votes would change. So why were they there? Why were they there to debate? They didn't need to be. They walked out. Were you there? Uh, things got better this morning. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> okay. Keep <laughs> yeah, going, man. A little, a little. <laughs> well, um, no, I was there. And so um, we posted a video of people. I didn't take it. One of my colleagues took it. But we posted a video of people walking out. Mm-hmm. When- Which leads to you know we've talked about video in the chambers a lot this uh i know podcasting season know. so it was great that uh that colleague had the ability to do that as a rep- <laughs> as a reporter you're there and you you're seeing everybody walk out what, what's like the first inclination are you guys all like kind of looking at each other in the in the press pool and like oh my goodness we've got to go over here and go over there <laughs> oh, to a degree. Um, walkouts do not happen in the chamber that often. I mean, this morning, some of the senators were kind of talking about the precedent and the types of things that people have walked out on before um, when they care really deeply about an issue. And um, they don't happen that often. So I, I actually stayed in the chamber. I knew that Senator Huff had left. I wanted to hear the rest of the debate. Um, after the session ended, we all were able to speak with the Senate president who said he was, you know, quote, heartbroken Mm. over the fact that people had walked out because, um, you know, people view the the Senate as a cordial and deliberative body. um, But there were obviously very strong emotions both ways on this one. Um, Yeah, you have You have a quote from uh, the Senate president saying uh, it's going to set the tone for the whole session. It's going to be very mean spirited. And I just want to get the damn thing off the floor as quickly as possible. That that came from the story. So. So, yeah. Yeah. So Republicans um, feel that this is just a direct attack on the fact that Republicans have a majority in Washington, D.C., and that the Democrats wouldn't be bringing this measure forward if it weren't for the fact that we have a Republican governor, Republican president, Republican Congress. Um, that it's never been brought forward before. And, you know, some some people might have wanted to sue the Obama administration for some things. But now, all of a sudden, it's this priority that can't wait a day to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Democrats this morning spoke very passionately about the people that they represent, immigrant communities and, um, you know, women who need health care and people who they say are terrified or horrified or scared by what they think the president might do in his next executive order. And so they're saying that we shouldn't wait a day. We should get this through as quickly as we possibly can. So the the tone then moving forward, and, and you said it got better today, but um, do you think that this will have sort of looking forward a lasting effect for the rest of the session? It's hard to say. Um, You know, certainly the tone in Annapolis changed when we uh, saw a Republican governor take the state house. And now we've got a Republican governor, Republican president Mm -hmm. in, you know, a body that's uh, way majority Democratic. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a new way of working. But what happened in the Senate this morning was that a lot of senators um, conveyed their mutual respect for one another and the fact that they 
respected that the people who were standing up and passionately speaking one way or another were doing so because they felt that that was the best for the people that they represent. So there was an attempt to strike a a level of, you know, cordialness today. Well, that's good. It still went through, by the way. I mean, (laughs) the vote was never in question. (laughs) Well, that's good then. So everybody can go to lunch. Everybody can go. Well, so we'll go to the house now. Um, and, and that will be really interesting. So this led to a couple of couple hour debates in the Senate and the Senate has 47 people. Well, the house has got 141. Mm. Um, so we're going to hear those debates in the house probably next week. And those will probably be longer and, um, maybe more divisive. It's hard to say. We'll talk about those next week. That'll be fun. Yes. That'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, bills, 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 not bill green again i gotta i'm gonna (laughs) i finally got a laugh this time uh there's so many bills this week i want to however briefly go over this uh with you and what uh what everybody i know you're working on this article that's going to be out this weekend so we should say if people want to read more about this you can check out the frederick news post uh this Mm -hmm. weekend but we'll we'll start it we'll start with senator ron young um and we'll just kind of see (laughs) see what he's done this week (laughs) (laughs) sure so there were um this week is significant because uh the house hopper closed yesterday at 5 p.m um so i was actually i was trying to interview delegate folden for something else and i basically just ran alongside him as he was running to the hopper um to get some bills dropped but um so now we kind of have a feeling of, of what's really going to be considered this session. There's about 2,500 bills between the House and the Senate. And um, Senator Young has, you know, a huge portion of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he files a lot of bills. This is a slow year for him. There are 32 bills that he's the primary sponsor of. Okay. Um, and he is the co-sponsor of 130 bills. So um, he stands up and testifies on a lot of, lot of issues. And some of his issues have already made it to the Senate floor. There's this, you know, interesting bill about the cow nose ray fishing tournaments on the Chesapeake Bay. And um, this bill would have banned them after um, working with Republicans that got amended. And now it is going to be a two year moratorium on the tournaments. Oh, okay. And that's because those, um, the tournaments are just, to, in his words, they're brutal. Um, they involve kind of shooting a ray with an arrow and then taking it out of the water and then hitting it with a bat. And then you weigh it to see who got the biggest one. And then you just throw the dead thing back in the water because you can't eat them because they taste like urine. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that's one bill from him, and he has a lot. A lot of them are much more serious than that, although a lot of animal rights ad- advocates care a lot about that bill. So I would imagine. Uh, Karen Lewis Young, uh, what, what did she bring to the table? Uh, she has uh, a fair number of bills as well. She's the primary sponsor of 10 bills. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a lot of really interesting uh, ones that I've covered before. We're hoping, obviously, she's hoping to see them go further this year than last year. So there's the Right to Try Act. Um, last year, Senator Young uh, was the chief sponsor of the Right to Die Act in the Senate. And, of course, that's about uh, medically assi- getting medical assistance to end your own life. Um, the Right to Try Act is a bill that would allow you to... Um, access 
more medicines and medical care while they're still kind of in an experimental stage so that people, if they're fully informed, could make what might be considered right now a riskier decision if they wanted to try a certain medical intervention in their lives. Hmm. That's interesting. That's more serious than than a tournament, I would I would think. Oh, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> want to make it sound like um, Senator Young doesn't have serious bills. He has a lot of No, no, no. I know. I, I know. That <laughs> it's such a change in tone, though. I don't quite know what to say. I'm sitting here kind of processing eating something that tastes like urine. And then we get to that. So that's, <laughs> that's tough. Uh, Carol Krim, Michael Huff. What uh, was there any were there any more? I guess maybe overall before uh, bef- were there were there wacky bills? Were, were there any was there anything of note that really stuck out that was like, oh, well, this is this is an interesting thing to talk about. Well, uh, so I was, I'm, you know, I'm still going through, which is why I'm kind of just pulling some bills out of the hat as we're talking about them. Um, really, a lot of bills just got filed yesterday. So, mm-hmm. um, but one thing I was struck by was the number of animal-related bills ah. in the Frederick County delegation this year. So, um, you know, we obviously have the cow nose ray bill, and I learned so much about cow nose rays. Yeah. And then. Um, uh, Senator Huff had me come to an event over in the House office building earlier this week where he was playing with the world's most adorable beagle. <laughs> His name was Hamilton after uh, um, the president. After and, like, Alex? He, yes, and he was just so adorable. And um, he was previously um, a laboratory animal. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, so Senator Huff has this... Um, Humane Adoption of Companion Animals Used in Research Act. And um, that's a bill that's sponsored by the, a- it's uh, supported by the ASPCA. And basically it just, you know, requires companies that test on beagles to allow them to be adopted out instead of being killed. So there were all these dogs. And then um, Senator Young has another bill. It's about um, dissecting animals and uh, um, a student's ability to opt out of that in in schools if they want to. Um, uh, Delegate Folden has a bill, the move over law. He and I were joking around about that yesterday. Um, What's the move over law? Is that like when you're when you're (laughs) when you're driving down the highway and you want somebody to move over if they don't move over you can give them if you are slowpoke you do not belong in the left lane. Is that, that is what that bill is. Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? <laughs> yes. Oh, that would have no, been I'm great. Not at all. I would 100% so, support that bill. Oh, that would have been fabulous. Yes. So Delegate Folden, he does drive back and forth from Annapolis to Frederick. So he cares about this, I suppose, because he's on this, the road a lot. Um, <laughs> and uh, But he is also a police officer. So he did, you know, make sure to let me know that he doesn't condone you speeding. Just uh. that. If you're going slow, you should get out of the left lane. It's very true. I think we can all agree on he, that. He had all, so, all sorts of things about, like, I don't know, the, like the physics of traffic backups and stuff. So huh. um, it causes big problems. People going similar speeds should be in similar lanes. I like, Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, well, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I want to I get to now. We'll move off the bills. Shout out to Bill okay. Green. Um, I want to get to what, what I say every week. This is podcast number five we've done together now. And every week I say, people, go read the Political Notes column in the Frederick News Post every Friday. Miss Danielle E. Gaines writes it. 
And I want to start here with actually the last thing that you addressed in today's column, which is uh, Governor Larry Hogan's office facing flack this week after it was revealed that 450 people have been blocked from his Facebook page. Do you want to yes. talk about that a little bit? Sure. So, I mean, that was reporting from the Baltimore Sun, which found that um, it kind of during the heat of the debate um, regarding the immigration bill, when people were kind of flooding out to BWI to make their voices heard, there were a number of people who were really pressing Governor Hogan to take a strong stance one way or another on that executive order. And a lot of people were doing so through his Facebook. And um, some of them got blocked. Um, it was considered spam by the governor's office. Uh. So um, they were, there was a question about whether or not, um, you know, this, these types of posts were being encouraged by Pantsuit Nation, that like, you know, super secret Facebook page associated <laughs> with um, the election of, uh, the non-election of Hillary Clinton. Pantsuit and Nation? Well, hold on a second. <laughs> It's by invite only, Colin. I don't know if you're going to get invited. I don't. Well, I'm not on Facebook. I don't know how that works. But it's called Pantsuit Nation. Yes. What? What's surprising about that to you? It's not necessarily surprising. That wow. And this is there in favor of Hillary Clinton. This isn't an antagonistic. No. Group. Yeah. It's like I don't. I mean, I okay. guess it's like whatever. The power pantsuit. Um. It's. It started during the election, and it's like a secret group that you have to be invited to, but That's there's like a million people on it, so it's really not like a secret. Well, you got invited. Um, no, I didn't get invited. I just oh. know about it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> if I got invited to that, I'd have to get invited to the secret Donald Trump group, and I don't know what that is, so I just don't want to be in those <laughs> secret groups. <laughs> I'm all for <laughs> secret groups. Uh, this, But you ended the column, though, by uh, asking people if they have been blocked by a politician's social media account, and then you asked them to email you. I'm I think that'd be a great idea for a story, being blocked by politicians. Yeah, well, so that's that's really what the Baltimore Sun was looking into. Like, what does it take to be blocked from the government's Facebook from the governor's Facebook page? And it brings up a lot of interesting questions about whether or not that's a government document or whether or not, you know, it's just social media. Yeah. Um, but there were kind of two things that they listed, which was, you know, cursing or abusive language or um, spam, which is what they considered some of the recent posts to be. Um, so I just wanted to see, you know, what people are dealing with in, in Frederick, um, whether or not they've been blocked or not. And just Facebook was so big this week in my, in my reporting from, you know, the young family dispute, um, which, you know, we barely touched on, frankly, given how long it's, it's been going on. Um, and there were more additions today um, with, Blaine Young posting at one point that he was considering a run um, for District oh. 3 to be a counterbalance to his father and stepmother. So oh, yeah. I just wanted to know how people interact on <laughs> Facebook with their politicians. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, and if people if people have been blocked, we should say this on the podcast, email Danielle at dgains. That's D-G-A-I-N-E-S at newspost.com. And hopefully we can get to the bottom of this. That could be. Yes. Could be a lot I would love to hear about that. it. <laughs> um and when it came to the political notes column today, uh, what you led with, uh, I like this headline, do Republicans rule or obey, quote, rules? Uh, this also involved uh, Delegate Karen Lewis-Young. Do you want to give us a quick overview of, of what you wrote? Yeah, so I can be a complete nerd. So I know all about Robert's Rules of Order. And, I, and What is that? You, you have to explain that to me. I, I don't know what that okay. is. Okay. 
Robert's Rules of War is a very thick book that basically just tells you how you're supposed to interact in formal proceedings. Really? Um, it's extremely wonky. And um, the Frederick County delegation, you know, last fall in an effort to try to make sure their delegation meetings went better this year, a little bit more controlled, even on divisive issues, decided that they would follow Robert's Rules. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Delegate Lewis Young feels that they aren't really, that... Um, you know, debates are cut short, mm-hmm. that um, that the minority party isn't given enough time to speak. And so I went down to the basement of the state house and went to the library and pulled out a copy of Robert's Rules and was kind of looking at some of the things that she, ha- she has issues with um, mm-hmm. and just kind of aired out both sides. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you also, you talked to Kelly, or not, uh, yeah, Kathy F. Zolli, uh, regarding this and she disagrees sort of with with these claims from what i understand she does um you know what what delegate lewis young would say is that there's kind of a trend in the delegation where um republican members specifically um senator huff gets called on first to speak and then um you know he speaks he makes the motion that he wants to make and then everyone is kind of responding to his motion instead of being able to debate the merits of the bill one way or another before there's you know a favorable Mm -hmm. motion or an unfavorable motion already on the table Mm -hmm. um and delegate afzali said that she thinks you know she does her best to call on people equally um and to give people equal time to talk um the, the bottom line is, like, I could just go back and forth. So, you know, Delegate Lewis Young would say <laughs> yeah. she thinks she gets called on, but then she gets talked over or she's mm-hmm. speaking and then somebody starts asking her questions and then she's not able to finish her point. And she's not the only one. Um, Senator Young conveyed the same concerns to me. Delegate Krim also um, has shared some concerns. I know that um, the two Democratic delegates, Young and um and Krim, you know, actually had a meeting with Kathy Afzali where they tried to solve it, and there really was just no resolution. There are no more delegation meetings for this year, but uh-huh. it'll be hard to say what might happen uh-huh. in future years. That's interesting, huh? So it's all a matter of and re- and go ahead. And it goes it, and it goes back as well. So this year, the delegation um, chairwoman is Delegate Kathy Afzali. She's a Republican. The um, delegation vice chair is Delegate William Folden. He's a He's a Republican. Mm-hmm. They're both delegates. Um, there has been a past history of there being a, both a delegate and a senator in the delegation leadership. And there has been a past history of there being both a Republican and a Democrat in the leadership. So I think this year in particular, delegates Krim and Lewis Young feel like without Senator Young as the vice chairman, um, that check isn't quite there to make sure there's equal time. Uh, I see. Well, you know, the young family and this this will be the last thing as you said they've had they've had an interesting week on social media and you alluded to this already i feel like we would be we would be remiss if we did not bring this up blaine young um said today on facebook he's thinking about running for delegate for district three uh maybe it's time to battle this out i doubt i will be attacked about my past for certain opponents don't throw stones in glass houses. Sounds like the governor needs some help from District 3. That was Blaine Young's Facebook post. What reaction did he receive today uh, from that? 
Um, w- well, uh, people are commenting on it. The conversation <laughs> carries on. Yes. Um, De- uh, Delegate Lewis Young said, you know, you should choose to run against me. That would make my day. Um, wow. So at least at the moment, um, there's not a lot of love lost between the two of them, or at least publicly on social media. Perhaps they get along well privately. I don't know. Um, wow. But it's been a contentious few days, and um, it actually reached the Senate floor in a much more humorous way, though, I will say. I, I, I'll tell you that in a second. But I did look up, and um, Blaine Young does not have any open campaign accounts. This is obviously something, um, you know, people have suspected that he might be considering getting back into politics, and people have been talking about it. But um, there's no open account, and this was posted this morning. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. You said everybody reacted humor- humorously? Oh, I don't... Did I say... No, I don't no. think I said humorously. Oh, well, what did you say? Did you say <laughs> lightly? How, how did they react on the floor? What, what was the word you used? I've already oh, today, today on the floor. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. no, I'm sorry. So, on the Senate floor today, there was, like, just a little humorous moment. Um, the group from Leadership Frederick County was uh, visiting the State House, and they were up in the gallery. Senator Young, you know, stood on the floor and welcomed them to the chamber um they were with former delegate um rick weldon and so they all got a warm welcome Uh. and then senator young pointed out that one of the members who was actually down on the floor with him not up in the gallery was his youngest son alex and Alex got a nice welcome and then the senate president was said um i'm pulling it up the senate president you know had everyone give him a round of applause and then he said that is one interesting family, I can tell you that. <laughs> that's that's great. That's so, fantastic. There you have it. That's well, we're gonna keep an eye on that. Next week, do you have anything you are looking forward to? I'm not sure yet, Colin. Okay. Well, you, maybe we won't even do the podcast next week. <laughs> Talking to you. We, how's that? Talking oh, to you good about answer. whatever happens. Good answer. I hope yeah. we hear more on Blaine Young. I think by that point he might be running for president. It could be it could be a lot of fun. Um I ask you this every week your best meal in annapolis was it lunch today well my yeah my best meal was lunch it was at a sushi place and then i think we already discussed that i promptly dropped my phone That's on the sidewalk <laughs> lost it and had to walk a mile to get it back so That's i okay. you know I, I guess i had a great lunch and i burned it off so that's, that's a pretty good day I you've suppose. had a great great day great day <laughs> thank you thank well, you <laughs> well Danielle Egan, senior reporter here at the Frederick News Post. Thank you so much for joining us. We will speak with you next week when the highlight of your week will be talking to me, right? Yes, of course, Colin. <laughs> Thank you, Danielle. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. In Session is produced by Graham Cullen and Chris Sands. A special thanks goes to Kelsey Luce for composing our theme. Be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes or Google Play so you can stay current with all the developments in Annapolis this session. Join us next week when we'll discuss the week that was in the General Assembly.